Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. It's time for a Big Blue Kickoff Live. Nobody can ever tell you that you couldn't do it because you did. On Giants.com. You know what I saw? New York Giant Prime. And the Giants mobile app. 17-14 is the final. One touchdown, we are world champions. Believe it, and it will happen. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. All right. How you doing, everyone? I'm Ross Salzberg. And once again, welcome to Big Blue Kickoff Live here on Giants.com and the Giants app. As always, the number to call, 201-939-4513. Also, as always, and most importantly, with me today, my good buddy, Paulie Dots, Paul Dottino. And again, just to repeat for you people, because there's certainly plenty of things to talk about, 201-939-4513 is the number. That is 201-939-4513. But the best number to talk about right now is 6-1. and one. Who Those are two it? numbers, Russ. Two, oh, two numbers. <laughs> it's one record, 6-1. and one. You know, it, it's really, um, hey, I say it every week. Paulie, you and I were just talking about it off the air. You, you know, everybody's asking, well, what can this team do? What can this team do? I say, I still don't know. I still don't know. I, I don't know, you know, where you can debate when, you know, when people look at a schedule, Paul, and they say, well, we should win this, this, and that, or maybe lose that, that, and this. No, I say we're capable of winning each week. We're also capable of losing. We have not earned the right yet. When I say we, the Giants have not earned the right yet to, to say we're that good where we should say we should expect to win this week. Now, I want the players to think like that, but I'm just saying as members of the media and, and fans, uh, it is what it is. But 6-1, Paul, you and I s- sat here beginning of the season. Uh, Paul, what do you think? 9-8. Uh, and eight. Russ, what do you think? 8-9, eight, 9-8. Nine, nine and eight. We were pretty much on board. Well, we're 6-1 and one now, so do the math. You know, I think the best way to look at this, and the fans would be advised to do it too. I know they're not going to because it's easy to get carried away, especially at 6-1. and one. The coach's approach is really the smartest one of all. The best. Ignore all the outside noise. It doesn't matter who says you're a favorite or an underdog. It doesn't matter what the mathematics say. And, oh, yeah, by the way, the Giants right now are 88% chance to make the playoffs at 6-1. and one. So says the NFL since the 1990 uh, stats have been kept for this. Ignore all of it and simply say every week we're going to play Team X. What 
does the team need to do to beat those guys? And is it reasonable to expect they'll at least be competitive and have a realistic chance to win? That's all you should think about. Any other expectations need to be flushed or kept outside the door. I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. And, and one thing that Dable has been, and, you know, we always hear this coach speak, if you will. You know, one game at a time or this, that, can't look ahead. But Dable knows, and, and I've said this each and every week to you people, Dable knows this team is still a work in progress. You know, somebody asked him today, we, Paul and I just left, the, you know, his press briefing, and somebody asked him, you know, Coach, people are calling your team an elite team. What do you think of that? And, you know, he just shrugged his shoulders. But to me, we can't call the Giants an elite team. What the Giants are, they are a work-in-progress team with an elite record. That's it. But yeah. to, an elite team is a team that you expect, wow, they're coming into town. Our knees are knocking. We're scared. Uh, you know, we, we, you expect them to win. Then we're not the Giants aren't there yet. So no. hold on. But but, <laughs> no. but you know what? That's the best way to go about building something. By building something and winning at the same time. Because when you're building something and winning at the same time, it's a lot easier for the coaches to say, Well, you know, this, this, and this, we won this week, but it wasn't pretty, and there were a lot of things that we need corrected off of last week. And Paul, uh, I think you would concur that the win was great, but there were some nervous things, and there were things that you nor I did not like to see in the win over the Jags. Well, again, having said everything that's been laid out there already in this program, the Giants are still not playing their best ball. I've mentioned to you in each of the last two weeks that it's always the mission of a team to be playing their best ball in the second half of the season, specifically in December. Well, the Giants are fitting that mold. This team has clearly not played its best game of the season yet. They are still somewhat sloppy in certain areas, somewhat ragged in certain areas, somewhat inconsistent in certain areas. But when push comes to shove, they've been better than their opponent in certain areas at certain times enough to win these games. And it's really that simple. Now, in the past... That standard or that bar was not enough to win games. Now it is, which shows you this is a better team and a better coached team than it has been in several years, right? I could not agree with you more. I mean, you're you're right on the money. You know, Paulie, uh, normally I want to continue the discussion, but I see on the line we have a call, Stephen, from Barcelona, and since he's calling from Barcelona, wow. I don't want to make him wait. So, Stephen, if you're there, how you doing, my friend? Oh, pretty good, pretty good. Yeah, no, it's, I have on these Vonage lines, so it's no big deal. Okay. But, uh, but what, uh, t- what time is it your time? Uh, it's, what time is it? Six hours extra, so it's uh, 6.39. It's funny, because I, I work, <laughs> I always have my clock here with the, uh, Pennsylvania, New York Times. So okay. I had to think about it. Well, thanks for but, calling. Yeah. yeah, what do you got for us, yeah. Steve? Well, I'm just wondering, Nick Gates, uh, I guess I was so happy to hear. What do you think of, is he, is he like, looking like he's going to play in a few weeks? Well, or what's the story? Well, they activated him. Or, or, Paul, yeah. Is, is, yeah, Dable admitted he was activated uh, he, to the 53 today. He's been working at center yeah. and at guard. And he said, we're going to wait and see how he looks and how he's progressing 
and they'll figure out how to work him in. I will tell you this. If it's me, he immediately becomes the sixth lineman or the jumbo tight end, if you will, and I get him in. Remember Richie Seibert when he came back right. from his broken leg? That's what they mm-hmm. did with him. Well, I mean, he was the the additional lineman in the jumbo formation as the extra tight end. I think that's what they're going to do with Gates to start with. If if over the next few weeks they decide that he's better off being as one of the starting five, then he'll be one of the starting five. I I, I just think with with Gates. I mean, the first first things first. We have to see how he's doing but the comeback anybody who knows Nick Gates and you know watched watches him watched him regularly in practice let alone games but in practice and, and in in the locker room I mean he's a leader he's one of the best people you will ever meet and and his comeback is I mean you want to talk about an inspirational story I mean, what do you have? I think Paul seven operations. Yeah, seven operations. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, Steve, he is such an inspirational story. I, I'll tell you what. Any football player, and I'm not, I'm not chastising anybody, but any football player who you know gives me, oh, this hurts or that hurts or whatever, do me a favor. Go take a look at Nick Gates. Go take a look at Nick Gates. So that is, you know, I think we just have to wait and see. But I'll tell you one thing. Dable, as much as he would admire Gates' comeback, and he has said that, um, you know, this is not uh, the little sister of the poor. Um, he's not giving exactly. him, he, he's, yeah. he's not doing him a favor by saying, okay, I, yeah, I'm going to give you a break. I'm going to let you play. No. If, if Nick Gates wasn't able to contribute, he would not be playing. Now, how about this? And this is a little bit of a surprise. I didn't know that this was coming. Matthew Parrott's also been activated today. So has Ellison Smith. So has Rodarius Williams. Wow. All, oh, wow. all activated wow. to practice today. Pert too, huh? All four have been activated to practice today. Now, now, the only thing is with Pert Smith and Williams, their practice clock starts. They're not on the 53 yet. Right. Okay, their practice clock has started. So the Giants will have much like they did with Gates, 21 days to figure out when and if they want to elevate them to the 53. I told you guys, I've been telling you this now for at least two to three weeks, that that Ellison Smith and Williams and Parrott were all coming sooner rather than later. I did think, I did think that Parrott was be a little bit more delayed, but all four guys uh, getting some type of transaction done with them today. Gates as on the 53. The other three activated for practice. All right. Well, it's good news, Stephen. I'm glad you brought that up. Listen, a little uh, reminder for all you uh, happy Giant fans out there. Make sure that you go subscribe to Giants Huddle, the Giants Huddle podcast, podcast featuring a rapid reaction right after each game with one of our analysts, an episode midweek featuring an interview with a national analyst, and then a game preview featuring a long-form interview with a current Giants player, an exclusive sit-down with Bob Papa and head coach Brian Dable, and an opponent preview of that week's opponent. Search for Giants Huddle on your favorite podcast platform or listen on the Giants app or at Giants.com slash podcasts. And, uh, boy, that... I mean, not just Nick Gates, but Pert. Listen... 
we've mentioned it. Just think a few years ago, a few years ago when Nick Gates was a, a third year player, but he was your first year center playing along with Andrew Thomas, uh, Shane Lemieux, and Matt Pert. Three rookies on the offensive line plus a first year center, and everybody was all happy looking towards the future. It shows what happens when you're injured. Injuries bite you right on the keister, you know? Russ, the, these reserves uh, coming back into the mix, I've uh, been talking about them for weeks now. The Giants are starting to inch towards health. Now, other guys still nicked up. Obviously, Tony, Galladay, nothing going on new with those guys yet. But it looks like this team is starting to get some of its health back as we will enter the mid part of the schedule. So, uh, again, another good sign for a team that's growing and developing. Yeah, and, and speaking of what you just mentioned, nothing with Tony, nothing with Galladay yet, but nonetheless, your quarterback, Daniel Jones, your NFC Offensive Player of the Week, let me tell you, I, I said it last week, folks. Uh, I, I've been saying it the past few weeks. He's doing everything he needs to do to secure his future with yes, the sir. Giants. I think he has pretty much done that. And listen, he's doing it. I, I'm not disparaging anybody on the team, but he's doing it without an A-lister in his receiving core. He he is doing it, and he's leading this team to victory. So he NFC Player of the Week, Offensive Player of the Week, and he is doing one heck of a job. You know, I'm not disparaging anybody because that's you know no no sense in taking pot shots. But the wide receivers room would tell you. I'm sure they'll agree with migrating six drops, six drops. Well, I had five, but let's not. Well, we don't have well, to split. Hudson hair. had one. He's a tight end. Okay. All right. So fine. Five by the receivers, one by a tight end in the game against Jacksonville. That was a season high. I've got the Giants down for 19 drops on the year. Mm. Okay, eleven of which would have gone for first downs. Yeah, well, look, imagine I, how good Daniel's numbers would look. I, I'm I'm just looking at a couple of my notes. I had um, bad drops by um, uh, first and one was a first and twenty at the thirty nine. Bad drop by Marcus Johnson. Bad drop by Richie James. Slate in the drop. Johnson the goal line drop. And, and look again, we're not beating up anybody. We're not disparaging, but. In fair, listen, there's re, you know, the coaches always say next man up. That's fine, and that's the mentality you have to have, especially if you're a player. But there's a reason somebody is a starter, and there's a reason somebody is a backup. All right, now, I want to be fair to these guys. Even though the 19 is not a good number, I want to be fair. The Giants have won six games this year, Russ. In five of those six wins, they had two drops or less. Okay, so they were really good, and I praise those guys for making plays for their quarterback. They had five drops in the Dallas game. That was a loss. They had a season-high six drops against Jacksonville, and they found a way to win it. The rest of the season, they have done a marvelous job in keeping their drops to a minimum. But what they haven't done, and this goes to your initial point, that receiver's room has not been able to make a whole bunch of big plays. No. Which would make life a hell of a lot easier for everybody. But but in fairness, that go, that also goes in line to there's a reason guys are starters and the reason guys are backups. And, you know, so, uh, but when you're in there, 
That's why you're in there, because they believe in you. If they didn't believe in you, if Dable and Kafka and, and Shane didn't believe in you, you wouldn't be in there. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. 201-939-4513 is the number. Let's go down to Virginia and check in with Montel. Hey, Montel, you're on with Russ and Paul. How you doing today? Hey, how y'all doing? I'm doing great. How about you? We're doing real fine. Awesome, awesome. Hey, I just wanted to say I love the show a lot. I just started listening to you guys earlier this season because I started getting into like listening to podcasts and uh, radio shows in the summer. And the traffic out here in Virginia, especially your DC area, is unbearable. So it's nice to have some good times talk in the morning. Good. What do you uh, got for I'm us today? To the podcast. So, of course, you know we've been uh, the teams are really big on the next man up concept, right? And we've been doing phenomenal with that all year. But I started to think, if we were to, say, lose Daniel Jones or Saquon Barkley, how much trouble do you think we would be in on the season if we were to lose one of those guys well, Ma- Ma- for the rest Ma- of the year? Ma- Ma- Montel, you, you're talking about losing one or, the, one or the other of your two key assets to the offense. So, uh, listen, thank you for the call, but, uh, I mean, go, go ask any team. How how do you think you'd be affected by losing your star running back or your quarterback? Your superstar running back. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, uh, now, I will say this. I will say this, and you've heard me say this before. The fact that you have a capable backup right now in Taylor is far different than what you had last year. I'm not saying last year the Giants were going to the players or anything like that, but... Believe you me, if they had uh, uh, Taylor for the last six games of last season, good chance that Joe Judge would still be a head coach. They did not have a quarterback. They did not have a quarterback to back up Daniel Jones last year. So, uh, but y- go ask any team. Go ask the Kansas City Chiefs. Go go ask any team. Where would you be without your starting quarterback? Pretty much up the creek without a paddle. 201-939-4513 is the number. Uh, let's go to down to Maryland and check in with Big Ed. Big Ed, how are we doing today? What's up, Pony D and the Master Russ? How are you guys It's been a while, been? Big Ed. How are you? What's going on, Big Ed? Hey, guys. You know I am just overly pumped. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. Oh, my goodness. Somebody in the beginning of the season, I think it was Paulie D., talking about a bold prediction, 
And I came on boldly and said, 5-0. Yeah. And I was hurt because of that Dallas loss. But I will accept it because of what's going on. Fellas, we got ourselves a real giant football team again. And I mean, we got it on all levels. All we got to do, I feel like, just do some. I want us to get real funky with it. Really? <laughs> hey, Paul, just what I mean, Paul. Look, I want them to go and do a fake punt in Seattle. Tell them to do a fake punt in Seattle from Big Ed. From Big Ed? Y'all do that. From Big Ed, man. Yeah, 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 oh, my God. You know, Y'all win the game. We'll win that game. You know, Big Ed, what, what you need to mm-hmm. do is temper your enthusiasm. It's not high enough. You know, you know, I'll 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 talk to Thomas McGahee uh, later on today or tomorrow, and I'll tell him that Big Ed is insisting on a fake punt, and I'll see how quickly he runs me out of the room. <laughs> it's like, are you crazy? Do you know the type of stuff we're doing right now? Yes, I do. That's the other little thing. Two things, Paulie. Two. Bring this up. Yeah. Uh, one. Remember when you had like ten seconds. In the end, before the end of the quarter, and they could have ran a play. Mm-hmm. Can't miss those type of opportunities. Got to get Daniel. Got to get more like Hank Manning with it and master it just as he did. Because those ten seconds, he could have ran a quick play and went off because everybody was set. That was one of them. The other one was, um, yeah. Saquon, the way he ran at the end of Jacksonville game, right? Oh boy, he could break those holes, right? He knows. Yeah, yeah he knows. That, that, that patient so running. He got to get that patient running again. What? He has to get that. Just wait a second. The hole is there. If he just, ooh, and stop running to the defender. Well, oh, you, my God. You know what, <laughs> Big Ed, and thanks for, thanks for the call, buddy. But Paul and I were talking about this earlier. I mean, first of all, I don't want him to be so patient behind the line because those were the things that we would criticize him in years past. You know, I like the way he's hitting the holes and firing through. But Paul and I were talking the last minute and four of Sunday's game. I don't know if you needed it, Paul, but I needed a Dramamine pill for car sickness because I felt I was on an airplane uh, that was going up and down. I felt I was on a cyclone in Coney Island, the, the roller coaster. That was crazy, and God knows, I don't like Saquon. Saquon. I, I love the young man. I think he's a very nice, terrific young man and one hell of a football player. But when he was running towards the sidelines, I was saying in that last bit of time, don't run to the sideline. Do your little boogieing, you know, and and cut it back inside. When that play went out of bounds, and first. It was down to like 25 seconds, as Paul, you and I were talking about. As soon as the 104 got caught, called back on the clock, put back on the clock, I said, oh, no, this is going to hold your seat, strap yourself in, because the last minute four is going to be a bumpy ride. I thought the kid, um, Trevor Lawrence, mm. uh, f- first of all, he, he there's a reason he was a number one pick. He also has a cannon for an arm. I was worried if we were going to get a Hail Marys of this and that. But, you know, sweating that out. Don't run to the sideline. Don't run to the sideline. Don't run to the sideline. Just keep that sucker in bounds. Yeah, Barkley knew after yeah, he the did. game. He talked about it. He talked about it. No, he it. knew. It, there was no... I think that the disconcerting part for me... And I and I realized the official made the call as he see fit, and then they reviewed it in New York and they stopped it. 
I think the hard part, and I mentioned this to Julian Love uh, after the game, is that initially the clock had run down. Right. And the Giants are going out there to line up for a field goal, and that's when the officials then buzzed down and said, oh, hold on. And now it took, it seemed like forever for them to decide then to throw the time back on the clock. Could you imagine how difficult that was? And I did ask Love about it. Emotionally and mentally, as well as game plan-wise, you're Wake Martindale. You're over there preparing your defense, and your defensive players are preparing for the fact that, okay, we've only got 25 seconds to hold on to this six-point lead. And then, while they're going through their machinations of what they want to do, and they're prepared to lock it down, suddenly they get told, oh, hold on, hold on, wait a minute. It's going to be a minute five. What? Are you freaking kidding me? And now Wick's, Wick, Wick has to change his whole approach. He's got to quickly, okay, I, oh, wait a minute. Now it's this? All right, scrap everything that I just said. We're going to have to play this differently now. Not to mention the emotional and mental torture that that now stresses the players and the coaches. It's That's a nasty deal. I, I, I'm glad you brought that up because as that craziness was going on, I thought about something that Wink said to us two weeks ago. And you're going to remember it. Wink said, as a coach. Be ready for anything. Well, be ready for anything. But as a coach, it's his obligation. He owes it to his players. That's how he described it. I owe it to the players to remain calm when all is going awry. And I watched. And I'm saying, and I'm looking. And you're right. He had to remain calm. Like, what the bleep is going on and that was the classic example and I'll, I'll tell you what I don't know about you people but uh, when that sucker was at the goal line everybody everybody who took a big sigh of relief I mean that was that was quite a finish but again that, that's why I'm, I'm saying you know six and one it's is it's an elite record but we're far from being an elite football team here in uh, East Rutherford, far from being an elite football team. But again, your record, as Bill Parcells always used to say, you are what your record says you are, and their record, sucker, is 6-1. and one. It's still the one thing Bill said that I never believed was true. Yeah, well, but go ahead. 6-1. and one. Uh, You want to take this six losses away? <laughs> the wins, you mean? No. Yeah, no, no, uh, no six wins? Yeah, exactly. No, That's uh, Okay. Let's go to Hugo here in Jersey. Hello, Hugo. Yeah, guys, uh, that game on Sunday took me about 24 hours to recover. And I wasn't drinking. I just, <laughs> the game itself took a, took a lot of energy out of me. Hey, I just want to, I mean, I want to echo your comment about Nick Gates. It's just, it's remarkable, really, uh, what he's gone through and that he's been able to come back. And, and I see this as an emotional lift, too, to the other players on the team because he's, he's sort of an embodiment, I think, of what this coaching staff wants in a player. Couldn't, couldn't agree with you you more. I, I mean, as, as I said, he's the example. Dable can look at everybody. Uh, if you're coming in today and you feel, oh, my ass is dragging, I don't feel like doing this, or oh, I'm a little under the weather. You see that guy over there? Take a good, hard look at that guy over there. Nobody wants to hear about your belly aching. And it, it, it's yeah. not, you know, Dable is not that kind of guy. He, he cares about everybody, each individual, and as a team. And if you're injured, you're injured. But... Guys, there's injuries, there's hurts, and there's differences. And, I mean, you look at 
you nailed it, Hugo. You can't find a more inspirational guy, a more inspirational story than Nick Gates right he, now. He really is yeah. Richie Soiber 2.0. Oh, without, really really without question. Exactly. I, he's in that same category. I mean, Rich, Richie never made a Pro Bowl, okay? Never made a Pro Bowl. But he was a player who was beloved here. The fans loved Richie. And and his his guts, his determination, his intensity, and flat-out will to do anything for his teammates is something that you see in Nick Gates every day. Yep, no, yep. 100%. What else, Hugo? But the, yeah, the real reason I called is um, I, I had a question about our, our run defense, which has really been poor since the Dallas game. And the way I, you know, I chalked it up at the Dallas game because Leonard Williams wasn't in. But the last two weeks, we've had a really rough time. And when I think about, you know, a team that has a weak run defense, on the surface, we don't fit that profile because we have two sturdy guys in Leonard Williams and, and uh, Dexter Lawrence. And even sort of on our edge, we do have a, a pass rusher in Thibodeau, but Jihad War and Tomon Fox and these other guys, they seem to be edge setters. And then we have great safeties who can come up and fill. So I'm just, you know, I, I'm confused about why we're having such a tough time stopping the run, and, and maybe Paul, because he does so much film work, can speak to it, because uh, I, I don't know if it's something that's correctable, or it's a personnel issue. With no, no. See, I think I think you misidentified is. the qualities of the players you're talking about. Ward's a terrific edge setter. The other linebackers are not. They're just not. Yeah. All right? They're, they're, they're good players in their own right. They bring a lot of stuff to the table, but they're not edge setters. Ojolari, to some degree, yes. Zimenez, at times, yes. But not consistently. Thibodeau certainly not hasn't shown it yet. He uh, he will at at some point in time. He will, but he's not there. That that's the biggest hole in Thibodeau's game right now. To be honest with you, he, he does not hold the edge against the run at all. In fact, he he, he over pursues sometimes. Sometimes he flat out gets washed in to the line, and 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 gives up big chunks of rushing yards. But I'm not going to uh, outweigh that. Or should I say, I do outweigh that with his pass rush ability. So, um, no, I think I think that's 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 part of your mistake. The other part of the mistake is uh, when you look at Lennon Williams. Yeah, he's come back from a, a badly sprained yeah. MCL. I mean, it's, it's he's not the same player right now. He's giving you what he's got because he's a warrior. Well, no, but he, he's not the same guy. Well, there's rust there, and and he's got to shake the rust off. Quite frankly. When when he went down, it's a lot of us in the press big box. Deal. We all looked at each other and says, "Oh no, this this is the end of his season." So and Crowder Crowder, he's got to be a whole lot better with his run fits, uh, and and he doesn't wrap up as consistently as he needs to. Jalen Smith is much better at that, but he will also occasionally miss too. Um, so no, I, I I think when you look at the actual skill sets of these run defenders, I think you overestimated them, and that's why they're not living up to your expectations. Thanks for the call, Hugo. What do you say? Oh, let me take care of a little business here first, uh, folks. Uh, you got to remember, fans, don't miss Giants football at MetLife Stadium. Limited tickets are available for um, uh, for all remaining home games. Wow, that's pretty good, including a matchup with the Eagles. You're not going to want to miss that sucker. So visit... Uh, visit Giants.com slash tickets to find your game this season and secure your seat. 
All right, now what do you say we get back to the phones? And let's go to Coach Marvin, or should we say King Marvin, after he uh, visited us last week with the five uh, dancing girls uh, in a diner someplace? Hey, how you doing, Russ and Paul? <laughs> hey, are you solo today, or you have those five ladies with you today? I'm solo today, oh, Russ. Oh, okay, okay, buddy. <laughs> No, um, I wanted to comment on what um, about the run, the um, stuff in the run, and definitely um, Paul is correct in that. That's why, but Paul already beat me to the punch. They're not holding up on the edge. Um, the other part of I think is is gap discipline, and and they're breaking down uh, at times, and, and that's where those big runs between the um, tackles come uh, into play. Is when you don't. You don't. Uh, you're not gap disciplined. Everybody's assigned to it, and and if you're not there, there's a there where they can break it. So it, it's it's something that uh, needs to work on a, a little more as far as stopping the run goes. Um, you guys also was talking about um, last last one minute. I think they put on the clock something like that. Uh, I, I I think it goes back. But then that Barkley out of with two thirty five left on the clock. And um we could have got that clock down on that plus. You, you know what, uh, coach, do us a favor, uh give us a call back because you're breaking up on this end here. Uh, we, we we're not understanding what you're saying. So you give us a call back, we'll put you back up. In the meantime, let's go to uh, Glenn Falls and check in with Doug. How you doing today, Doug? You're on with Russ and Paul. I'm doing pretty good. Paul, I I I call actually because of an warning. I know you can't make it official, but I read on another another thing, Big Blue View, that Andre Miller's coming back and guess who from Maine's gonna probably call and brag and oh he's our savior this season. Yeah, uh, actually I, yeah, tight end Andre Miller, the the former Maine uh, player, was uh re signed to the practice squad yesterday. So that's not a rumor. That is true. Uh, we did not mention him earlier in the show, not thinking that that was necessarily a, a new news or as significant as the other ones were. But, yes, he is here. But, quite frankly, the tight end that they signed to the practice squad even earlier than him was Lawrence Cager, who had been released by the Jets and I thought had a very solid August during the preseason. So Cager is rather intriguing for me. And, by the way, we don't have any medical update on uh, Daniel Bellinger. I wish we did, but we don't. I, I have to tell you something. When I saw that, you know, we've seen a lot of injuries. You know, you know, like we, we, we from, from Saquon, to, you were mentioning Leonard Williams this year. We all hold our breath. The minute Daniel Bellinger went down, I actually got scared, almost sick to my stomach. Without seeing anything gruesome, I just, just his reaction was something is bad, as Dan Reeves, God bless him, used to say. It, you could just tell this something was really wrong with Daniel. And uh, when, when I heard he had to go to the hospital, I, I mean, I really was sick to my stomach. Then when I heard he came back and he was back with the team, that was good to hear. But I, I, look, this he's going to need eye surgery. And that's, you know, I don't know if we're going to get him back this year. And quite frankly... Uh, I'm not trying to be like 
somebody's daddy or granddaddy, but right now all I give a rat's ass about is his health. Let the football come when it comes, because that was really scary, really scary. So, so Paulie, this guy, this guy they got from the Jets, how big is he? And he's, has he got any talent? Or Cage is a converted wide receiver. Um, and the Jets converted him into a tight end this year. He had, he had originally come out as a receiver, and he's about 6'3", 6'4". Oh, I want to say, what, almost 230 pounds or so. Again, he's a blown-up receiver. But um, they decided when they brought him to camp this year, he was going to be a tight end. They had, I want to say the Jets had four or five quality tight ends in summer camp this year. And I remember when they practiced here against the Giants in that scrimmage, right. the dual scrimmage, I was looking, I was like, hmm. And then I watched, I saw Cager do some things in the preseason. And they, they had also drafted Ruckert from Ohio State. And I said, you know, they got an abundance of tight ends. I keep an eye on those Jets tight ends because at some point in time, somebody's going to have to go. So I'm intrigued by him. He is more of a receiver, though, obviously, because that's what he was than he is a blocker. Uh, how much fun? Thank you for the call, Doug. He's got length. Okay, he's got length and he's got hands. How, how much fun was it for you to see? Um, did you get a chance, by the way, to talk with him uh, when you were down in Jacksonville? Um, Evan Ingram. I did not. Yeah, I, I, you I know, not. I was glad to see he made a couple of plays, and actually, one was a big first down that he made, which kind of annoyed me, but uh, good for him. But anyway, two zero one nine three nine four five one three is the number, and Coach Marvin is back. All right, Coach, sorry you were breaking up before. That's why we didn't think it made any sense to continue with the conversation, but here you are. So what do you got? Yeah. Can you hear me now? Yeah, loud and clear, buddy. Oh, okay. I, well, I was going back to uh, talking about what Paul said. He was right on as far as the defense starting to run. The uh, the edge rushers, uh, they, they're not really good. Uh, they don't hold up at the edge. So you can see at times guys getting outside and there's no one pretty much there to, to turn them back inside. Mm-hmm. But also, I see the gap discipline. They, they're not well gap disciplined, and that's where those gaps come in. Those creases come in, be, in between the tackles is when you're not gap disciplined. And everyone's assigned to a gap. So usually on my teams, if I could see where that guy ran through, I could almost tell who didn't do what they were supposed to do. You know what, though, um, Coach Marvin? So, Jay Crowder's never been that guy. He'd never been right. that guy. At least Jalen Smith is a downhill gap filler. Now the problem is there are times where he takes the wrong gap, so so that that does right. that does happen, but but at least you got a sporting chance with him in there, which is why I was so desperate for them to bring him back, and when they did bring right. him back, you see he he does make some plays, he makes more plays than anybody yeah. else in that regard. Yeah, he's an aggressive um, linebacker, and that's what I like about him. He's always attacking and attacking uh, aggressively. Um, I don't see Crowder as that much of a aggressive tackler or a violent no. tackler. He he kind of drags guy down, and that's why you can break those tackles because he's not as aggressive on his tackles. He's more of a trying to wrap you up and bring you down. And and Smith is more aggressive. He pretty much can take you off your feet. Oh yeah, um, he'd like to blow you up every time if he could. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. Um, the other thing you guys was talking about the last. But with that a minute and seven they put back on the clock because he ran out of bounds. Um, I, I just went back into coach's mode and 
I had a couple of bad words that I didn't want. He knows. He knows, Coach. He he knows. He yeah, knows he made a mistake. He, I was, he, he, oh, yeah. he know, You know, Paul, he knew before that actual play. Because y'all are talking about the 107. You got to remember, at 235, he ran out of bounds, which they could have brought the clock down to two minutes. Yeah. And he was on the ground. If you go back and look mm-hmm. on that big run he had with 235, mm-hmm. you'll see Barkley still sitting on the ground kind of holding his head like if he knew he did something wrong. Mm-hmm. And then he did it again. Uh, he tried to get down, but I think he started too late to go down. Yeah, and, well, you uh, know what they tell you, right? Always don't leave it in the hands of the officials. Now, even Dean Blandino right. said on the replay yeah. his shin looked like it was down and they should have ruled right. him inbounds. He didn't like the, yeah. the call to stop the clock. Now, we could argue that all we like, the truth is, you don't need to be that close, okay? Right. That's right. That's right. And you made a statement just now, Paul, which is true. Don't let the ref decide games for you. And I would say that to my team. If we lose games because we let them, the ref decide, that's our fault. If you're holding, that means that, that you're allowing the ref to come part of the game. Yeah. You're doing penalties and stuff like that. You're allowing the ref to be part of the game. Don't do those things and hurt yourself in a sense where – the ref gets involved, and all of a sudden, it changes the game. And it almost changed the game because they, on the defensive side, we had so many penalties to get them downfield. And uh, we had the rough in the passer, which was a 15-yard penalty yep. on top of the reception, which put them around Huge. the 20-yard line. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now these guys can play regular. They can run regular routes and try to get in the end, end zone. Um, the hands so to the face was, uh, on Belton scary. was horrific. Yeah, but you, you, you know what, though, Coach Marv? You're bringing up everything that that makes it perfect for a guy like yourself or a guy like Brian Dable uh, on Monday to walk in and say, all right, it's great. We won the game. But, we're not, we're not but we got to do better. But, but take a but, look at this because A, yeah. B, C, D, E, and F was not right, so we need to correct that. But, that's right. But you said that earlier, Russ, to a caller, after the caller, when you said, you know, don't get too enthused. We six and one, and that that's all great and fine. But we're not what we think we are yet. Well, no, hold, hold, exactly hold, 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 let, let me, hold, I'm going to stop you there for a second. The players don't think that they're anything special no, yet. No, I'm saying the fans. Oh, 100%. Right, a hundred, and, 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 and some of the media as well. You're 100% right on right. that. No, exactly. Okay, yeah. Exactly. No, the, the players are not saying that. No. And that's what I used to do in the locker room. I would always tell them, the newspaper going to praise you and your parents are going to praise you. But I'm here to put you in reality <laughs> because you got to remember something. If you take two students, for an example, you take two students. One student is an A student. He always gets 100. The other one is a C-plus student, and, you know, he, he's average. Now, if the A student gets a 90 or a 95, what is he mostly concentrating on? He's mostly concentrating on the answers he got wrong. The one that's a C-plus, if he got a 95, he's just happy. Right. And that's the difference between the two, and that's how you have to look at the game in the sense that I look at it like an A-plus coach. I'm only going to tell you what you did wrong. I don't give darn about what we did right. I'm going to I'm going to keep that, but I need to keep pumping you up for the big game. The Cowboys in the Philly game is coming up soon. 
you're going to have to be ready, and you're going to have to point out all these errors, especially what happened last week, because you can't make those same errors against Philly and the Cowboys because they will stomp you if you do it. Coach, that's exactly why why the Giants did not want the bye right after the London game because they've got the Seattle game this week, then the bye, Uh and that'll be time to self-scout. That'll be time to re-energize, get everybody's mind refocused again and say, okay, fellas, I know we've been talking to you about these things, but this is serious crap. This and that and the other thing need to be cleaned up now. We're starting fresh. Let's just get after it. And that's why I love the fact that their NFC games, five of the six, were going to come after the bye. I couldn't have been happier for the Giants in that regard. Yeah, and I'm going to to admit, and and if you remember what I said, I kind of wanted them to take the bye the week after. And you remember, Paul, I had said to you when we were looking ahead, I said even before the, the, the trip to London, I said, I wasn't so worried about Green Bay, Coach. I was worried about... The Ravens after that because it's after the long right. trip. It's after coming back. But now we've taken care of Green uh-huh. Bay. We've taken care of Baltimore. We've taken care of Jacksonville and Jacksonville. Now it's a long trip out there. If they can get that long trip in right. with, with the victory. Well, wait, victory, you know, then they got the bye. Then it's a couple of things. You know, and boy, that Thanksgiving game yeah. at Dallas, man. Woo! Right. Fast in the seatbelts. Woo! We got to run, man. I was... I was with you on that, Russ, about the um, having to buy after London. But listening to Paul, I'm riding with Paul now, too, because he's <laughs> right. Because if you can – now, the Seattle game is going to be tougher than we think it is. Because now we got well, we have two guys on the offensive line working in this game. Yes, sir. And we're missing the tight end. So we need to have everybody playing in this game. So I don't know how we're going to do. But Paul's right. If you can go and fly over there and win that game and you take the bye – that makes the bye better than the one after the London game because now you're going into getting ready for the Thanksgiving game. But you're not going to overlook the other two teams. I think All right. we have uh, Houston and Detroit. Detroit. Yeah. Houston and Detroit. No, you, hey, we, we no one's overlooking anybody, we, Coach. We, we haven't earned Be the good. right. Thank you, Coach. We haven't earned the right to look over, look past anybody. You know, not anybody. Yeah, in, in this league, for lack of a better term, you look past somebody, it bites you right on a keister. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what so. I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's, uh, we got about five, six minutes left here. Let's go down to Sweet Georgia and check in with RJ. RJ, how you doing? You're on with Russ and Paul. Hey, Russ and Paul. How you guys doing? Today? Hi. What's Thanks up? for calling. What's up, RJ? Hey, 
Uh, good. Okay, I got a couple of things. One is that I brought my wife and my sister down to the game, and man, the Giants fan base was out of this world. I, I would say at least sixty-five percent of that stadium. Now, this I'm just guessing. Guessing was all Giant fans. The place was loud. It was a lot of energy. And it felt like a home game on the road. Well, I'll I tell you why. You, you know, from watching it, oh, there was uh, a lot of blue. I, I was like, "Wow, there is a whole lot of Giant fans there." there was you're a lot you're of right, blue. RJ. That sideline, you could really feel it, especially in the the final quarter. Are you a tra- RJ? Are you a transplanted uh, New Yorker, or are, you, or are you just a Giants fan from down there? I am a Giants fan from Connecticut, and we just moved down there. Okay, a recent recently last year and i am a season ticket holder now living in georgia okay are you coming so up for to, any games i already been up to two of them all <laughs> right do me a favor my man come stop by the metlife gate uh, during the pregame show say hi during the radio show because we'd love to see you yes i will and then one more thing if i can squeeze it in yeah uh daniel jones you know i've been critical about him most of his career and and said some things that was probably unwarranted because I'm I'm just a true fan and I want to see him do better. But I tell you right now, I have anointed him now to me as the franchise quarterback. I want him to stay because I think the best thing that happened to him was Mike Kafka and definitely Brian Dable because I can see the difference now in how he plays and how he manages the game. Uh, like I'm- a young jock. Like a young Josh Allen. Well, I'm, I'm going to say this, and believe me, you know if you've been listening to RJ, you know how I and Paul feel about, you, you know, the, the coaching staff now, you know, in particular Coach Dable. But more than anything, I think what we're seeing is a healthy uh, Daniel. He's got his health back. I think what he also has back is a very healthy, healthy Saquon Barkley. While he's missing other players – you know, you, you can't minimize. All you have to do is look and see, you, you know, when guys like that are healthy, you don't just, you, you know, a, a Saquon, Saquon Barkley doesn't grow on trees and neither does a healthy quarterback. I'll put it this way to you, Russ, and I haven't put this in any context to anyone else either here or out there in the in listenership. If you're Daniel Jones, right? And there are three components that you need as a quarterback that you have to be able to lean on and to become part of what you're going to do. Running back, wide receivers, offensive line. Well, to be frank with you, I need two out of the three if I'm going to have a sporting chance to succeed. I need the running back and I need the offensive line. Mm. The wide receivers, to be frank, that's the one area, and we've seen it, where they've been much less than spectacular, but you can still survive and still win. It would be very, very difficult for Daniel to do what he's doing if Saquon Barkley had not returned to form or if this offensive line had not been improved to the point where they're now functional. I I couldn't agree with you more at the same point. Just what you say, Saquon returning back to form, also a healthy Daniel himself, because with the, with the lack of frontline receivers, and certainly even last week with key members of the offensive line going down, you know they'd be they wouldn't be six and one without the legs of Daniel Jones. You know I've heard you, Paul, you say this several times, and I I concur with you. As his career moves along, he's not going to run as much. I think he runs now more because out of necessity. And he's very, very good and able at it. But w- without the healthy legs of both he and Saquon, 
there would be big time trouble. But uh, right now he's doing okay. Got to take care of this business, Paulie. The Giants official connected TV streaming app, which is Giants TV, brings original video content and game highlights on demand and direct to you, meaning the big blue fans. Giants TV is free on Apple TV, Roku, and Amazon Fire TV and the Giants mobile app. We, we just, uh, Paulie, we just got a couple of minutes here, so rather than just rush somebody on off the phone, I just think, I mean, think about it, folks. We're six, we're six and one. I, I mean, I'm going back, you know, Coughlin's last few years, I remember starting a season, we're doing a Giants post-game show. I'm doing a season where it starts 0-6. Go, go try and be positive out of an 0-6 start. Look, and then the following year, they had another six-game losing streak. And we know what's gone on the last couple of years. We're 6-1. Here's what I it's love. It's kind of fun. Julian, Julian Love in particular, and I'm not trying to make a pun there, he gets on the other day and he's talking to the media and he's telling them how we're not going to take this thing lightly because uh, Jelly Ellis, the defensive lineman who... Uh, was a former Baltimore Raven, has reminded the guys in the locker room at how the Ravens started 6-1 and one last year and finished at 8-9 and nine and did not make the playoffs. Okay? This is part of the value of when you bring in guys like a Jelly Ellis. Okay? Because they can go to their teammates and say, look, this isn't something that people are telling you out of the blue. I lived it. Yeah. I know how easy it is to trip off of that tightrope and to wind up out of the playoffs. Yeah, I would I would agree. But at the same point, Paul, i got to give a lot of the people on the team who are returning, such as Julian Love and such as Lennon Williams and such as Sexy Dexy, Dexter Lawrence and, and people like that and the Daniel Joneses and the Saquons who've been through the ringer the past few years, who know what who know what that awful taste is about? Oh yeah, not only losing on Tuesday, but having uh, on on um, Sunday, but having to answer all those questions about what's wrong with the team, where do you think your future is, what's going to happen, uh, do you think you're this, do you think you're that? They don't have to answer those questions this year because they're taking care of business. As I said when we op- open, somebody uh, asked Brian Dable today. Uh, there's talk about you being an elite team. And, you know, Brian just, you know, shrugged his shoulders. And and as I said in the opening, Giants are not an elite team. They are a a work-in-progress team. They have an elite record, okay? But to be an elite team, that takes time. Now, they're on the way. Again, work-in-progress. The next step is to be good. And the next step is to be very good. And then after very good is elite. But the record is what it is, and the record says, if the if the playoffs started today, <laughs> you're in the playoffs. They just don't start. This. It just doesn't start seven games. Seven games in. You mentioned the process. You can't wind up being one of the better teams in the league unless you go through this step. It's mandatory. A hundred percent. So that's what you need to be grateful for, that the Giants are actually in the step that will get them where they want to go. And keep stepping up. That's all they have to do. Anyway, folks, that's a wrap today. Remember the number is always 201-939-4513. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Big Blue Kickoff Live with myself, Russ Salzberg, and the great Paulie Dots, Paul Dottino, part of the Giants 
uh, platforms everywhere and giants.com slash podcast. Talk to you next week. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.